Hey, let's kick off an all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio, which is brought to you free every week from the folks at, well, where else? Geekinthecity.com. You can also watch us stream the show weekly every Tuesday on twitch.com forward slash geekinthecity at 6.30 p.m. Pacific Time. If you enjoy the show, you can also help us out over on patreon.com forward slash geekinthecity. Your support there helps us do more content and create more shows and overall make it a better experience for you, the best audience in the world. As always, always share the show and make some comments for us or give us a five-star rating on any of the platforms you enjoy listening to this show on. And with that, let's kick off this all-new issue of Geek in the City Radio. Why, hello, and welcome to issue 668 of Geek in the City Radio. I'm Aaron Duran. I'm your other host, Dean Rita. And I'm your other, other host, Jay Washtani. And we are joined right out the gate by Alexandra Spieth. I think I fucked up your name again. Oh, you said it right. You said it right. Yeah. like teeth. You totally got it. Nice. Well, last time we properly hung up, hung out, I was well into my cups. So. Oh yeah, I think we yeah. all were into the cups. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a long day. It, it was at this festival. Yeah, yeah, best yeah, one. Just, just, the best one I've gone to thus far. Honestly. Oh man, that's so cool. We'll let, uh, we'll let Gwen and Brian. Brian, God damn it. Yeah. I'm gonna say Chris, but it's no. fine. I'm here for names. That's all I'm here for. Yeah. I'll tell you names. Uh, I realized probably through my day that I was wearing the same shirt from that day, day at the festival. festival. Oh, good. That's good. Like, I, just, like, I don't, don't have, have a wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's exactly what Alex thinks right now. Yes. <laughs> so for, for, for folks who don't know, we absolutely love Stag when it played at the Portland Horror Film Festival. And we had so much fun hanging out with Alex that we actually forgot to bring mics and record like a 90-minute hangout session with her. <laughs> and we're like, are you going to come back to Portland? <laughs> yeah, no, it was, honest, it was awesome. It was one of the few festivals that I've gone to that I've like been like, oh, yeah, I made some friends. Like after three, oh. most of the time people like see the movie and then they dip or like you're doing networking. But it was like this was awesome. It was so great. Yeah, but there were a lot of folks that just kind of hung out at the bar across from the Clinton Street afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was pretty great. Yeah, it was super awesome. And again, yeah, Brian and Gwen did like a great, great job. It's honest, it is the best festival I've gone to thus far. Oh man, we've actually heard that a lot from other filmmakers really? too. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's really special. 
And like, you don't know until you like do a couple others and you're like, oh, wow, that was like amazing what they did and, and the quality of other stuff that they lined up, honestly. Yeah, basically we hung out with you and XKZ, the two K KX. Okay, exactly. <laughs> Basically, the two coolest people at the festival. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Your movie and hers were the two coolest. <laughs> yeah, she's. I mean, I only met her briefly, but she was great, and I loved her movie. I was like, oh my god, that was really something, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. So I know we we've, we've talked about Stag a lot on the show, but for new listeners, can you kind of let people know what your films got? Yeah, absolutely. So Stag is a horror comedy, which is about an urban loner who gets a chance to go to her estranged best friend's bachelorette party and then discovers that essentially she has to like struggle for to save her and her friend's life once she's there. And it's like, it's fun, it's girly, it's bachelorette but it also deals with issues around like trauma and you know reconciliation so but it's and it's like incredibly funny and you will love it you will love stag if you see it nice um there are many people who agree with this considering you just won an award yesterday uh the audience award for uh at the soho international film yeah Uh, it's been Really great following you on Instagram and seeing you keep posting these things and going, I I don't know what's happening. This is fantastic, but I don't know what's happening. Thanks. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, it's been like it's been cool. Like a lot. I mean, I've made a lot of stuff. I've made a lot of like episodic stuff throughout the years, and it's just like nobody's ever res- or like in general, people haven't responded to my work the same way as Stag. So it's just like it's a great feeling to be like, oh yeah, like finally you know people are seeing what i've always felt like these projects were nice cool uh sorry we have to do a quick behind the curtain thing we're currently echoing online too so sorry alex you know sound issues all right so really quick i'm gonna mute all of us and then keep it going hold on Okay, so we probably have to go back to the old way. I know it's not ideal, but um, this is going to be the only way people hear us without echoes. Uh, So we may have to all plug back into these. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. Uh, It's going to blow my eardrums out. Okay, that's one. Push, push um, them off so you're not. Number three. That's number four. Um, okay. Maybe, let's see. Okay, Alex is unmuted, but I'm pretty sure she can't hear me. No, I can hear you. I can hear you. I can hear us. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because um, I think I'm still not muted. So if I unmute you two, that's... I think we're going to get an echo again. Echo? No echo. Echo. Echo? Can you hear us, Alex? 
I can hear you. I can totally okay. hear you. So, so we're back to like you being really quiet. So we are paying attention, but we're going to be hyper focused on what you say. Wait, sorry. Like that? Sorry. It's like it got so echoey I couldn't hear you, but I can hear. What'd you say? Okay. There's an echo except Alex. So we're going to have to find a workaround on this one day. Sorry. Oh, don't worry about it. We can't mute ourselves, can we? then Alex can't hear us. Right? So if I just mute me, or if I just mute you two, I know Alex can hear me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then if you two could feed questions to me, I guess, it's not ideal. But it's Or we something. can just unmute when we need to talk. Sure, you can try that too. Okay. Uh, sorry about that, Alex. Uh, yeah. We're oh, no still worries. learning back in. We were like remote for two years, so being back in studio is a whole new learning curve again. Yeah, totally. I mean, hey, okay. I completely get it. Yeah. Um. Cool. So you're, yeah, you just won the festival. Um, was it the best horror at the at the festival in Soho? No. So because so we had already premiered at Brooklyn Film Festival. And so we got into Soho under sort of like the condition that was like, hey, you won't be eligible for like, you know, any other awards other than audience choice. But I mean, it was great to win it because I was like, I didn't think we were going to get anything. So, yeah, it was awesome. Hmm, That's fantastic. So, yeah, I mean, every time I see you post something about Stag, it has to do with winning yet like another award. Yeah, I mean, I mean, not I mean, it doesn't always happen. But like, yeah, I mean, it's been again, like. All I can say is I've made a ton of stuff that like people have not responded to and I have like not won awards for. So it feels good to be just like, okay, in some ways, like a lot of people in different ways are responding to like different stuff in the film, which is awesome. Right. Feels great. And then like for folks who don't know, this is your first like major directorial debut, right? Like this is yeah. your first movie. I've never done a feature. Yeah, never. Well, I mean, you know what happens next then, because this is the this is the path. Like uh, an up and coming filmmaker has a massive indie hit, and then like Disney calls and says, "Do you want to do a Marvel movie? Do you want to do a Star War?" And you're oh, like, yeah. "Sure," but then they yeah. teach you like shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I will be looking forward to the call. <laughs> In that moment, it will feel amazing, and then we'll see, like what happens but yeah i mean that's what i'm hoping for i'm like i mean it would be amazing to be I, like I, oh yeah this yeah, movie has to so get, get a the phone call that says like what are your thoughts on a princess leia movie and you're like well sure yeah i mean yeah it would be like i mean it literally honestly that predicament is like i like it is like a battle in my head but of course i'd be like yeah the princess leia movie It'll be the coolest one ever because I'm directing. You're like, yeah, but can I do a movie about like her really awkward coronation right before her planet? <laughs> yeah, <up>? literally, literally. <laughs> like, can we end it with like her stepdad being like, I'll see you tomorrow, you know, and like, wah, wah. Totally, totally. <laughs> and then it's another day in Leia's yeah. buns. <laughs> is, there, is there an IP or, or any any sort of movie doesn't necessarily have to be a franchise, but any story that's out there that you would love to be able to tell or retell? I mean, that's a great question that I don't think about all the time just because, I mean, IP feels really mysterious for like an independent creator, but I mean, 
like the two ones that I would say just right now are like there's a book called Walk Two Moons that's by Sharon Creech and it's like I mean, this isn't like horror at all. It's like a young woman's story about like essentially coming to terms with the fact that her mother died in like a car accident, but it's like an across America, like travel and that stuff, like little miss sunshine and stuff. It just like, it gets to me. Like, it's all that stuff that I feel like is like, you know, it's not at all like horror, but it's stuff that has to do with like who I see um, like my American family as a sort of like transient and like looking for like meaning, but we also have a ton of roots everywhere. And then the other answer would be like my year of rest and relaxation, just cause I think it would be a crazy challenge. Cause the book is incredibly like stagnant and, or it's like an incredible book, but it's just like, it's just her kind of getting drugged. And it's like that, but I think it's like kind of a like amazing story that feels very millennial, which is stuff that I'm really drawn to because obviously I am a millennial. I want to speak for the trees. I want to speak for my people. And I feel like there's more to be written on us than like the rep we have. And it's, yeah. So those would be the two I would say just like off the cuff right now. Uh, to bring it back to your movie. I was curious if you, when you, when you started writing it or in making it, did you intend to make a horror? Like, like this is, this is the genre I want to start with, or did it kind of just happen as the story was building? Um, I would say that my previous work, like none of it I would consider a horror, but I think there are elements of incredible anxiety, elements of like, um, there are lots of like ghosts in my work, even though it's not horror, they're sort of more like funny ghosts, I guess. But I've always had like a penchant for being like, oh, yeah, this is the stuff that really interests me is in sort of like, is it your brain or is it something that's a real threat? But I will say that like for my feature debut, I had felt like, okay, the thing that makes a lot of sense to me, like achievably is sort of a small cast it's my movie isn't one room, but like in a way, because it's, it's essentially one setting. It sort of is like a very contained world. And I did feel like a horror can just lend itself to that. Like it is the like monster in the house genre. Right. So it feels like it just felt like something that I was looking to do, but I also felt like my past and like the things I'm interested, I'm interested in like, I mean, and, like, the whole thing about, like, sort of horror, at least, like, comedy horror, is that you sort of, like, gaslight the audience into thinking, like, oh, it's going to be scary, and then it's funny, and then it's, like, oh, no, it's going to be funny, it's going to be scary, and, like, that also is very in line with what my movie's about, so it, I, I mean, I would say that, like, yeah, I had an intention, but I also didn't, in writing it, it wasn't, like, oh, this form is wrong, which does sometimes happen, where you're, like, oh, no, it's, like, this isn't a comedy or this isn't a, I don't know, this isn't a growing up story or whatever. Cool. Um, when is Stag screaming, or screaming, screaming <laughs> here in Portland? Do you know the dates? Okay, yes. And I literally just looked up the times right before I got on here because I was like, I might have to answer this. So it is the 21st at 10.15 p.m., 
and then it is November 23rd. Or no, no, sorry. Oh, shoot. Not November. October. Okay. Oh, now I've got it right. Okay. October 21st at 10.15 p.m. And then October 23rd at the very sexy time of 10 a.m. So all you morning horror lovers, get yourself <laughs> to that theater. Right. Like It'll be fun. Coffee and muffins. <laughs> yeah, it will be a very coffee and muffin showing. We had a screening at like 1.50, but this will definitely be the earliest one we've ever done. Wow. <laughs> so this is also the first time for folks who are in Portland that I think the International Film Festival has screened in Lloyd Center. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lloyd think... Center has, at one time, it had a Regal Theater inside it. So I'm only assuming they're, they're using, using, no pun intended, like the bones of an old Regal Theater in Lloyd. The screens are there, the projections, all it's all still there. Um, and over the last few years, like every mall in America, Regal has been in kind of massive decline. And I'm not saying that to like talk down what's happening right now because whoever runs Lloyd Center right now has this new vision of making Lloyd Center pretty much a locals focused shop. There are local comic book shops that are open in there now, like a bunch of local businesses. I kind of like the idea of the Portland National Film Festival being like, yeah, screw it. We'll take a chance. Let's do it. Let's get Mm -hmm. on the ground floor of like what, a mall could evolve into in the heart of the city. I when I first saw it, I was like, "Really, Lloyd?" And then I'm like, "No, I can get down with that. That's pretty cool." So, people should definitely check that out. Yeah, I'm excited to go there. That's cool, though. That's great to know, and I think that is a cool choice from uh, Portland. Nice. Um. So, what do you have next planned? Like, what's your ne- I know that, like, you're like, but man, I'm doing the fucking festival circuit right now. Yeah. Like, what are you doing next? We want your next movie, damn it. No, I mean, I well, the movie, I have a, I mean, I got lots of ideas. I got lots of ideas. But um, a lot of my ideas, I feel like, are more big budget. So I would say that the one that I'm thinking about most next is a, like, it's like a stoner comedy called Immaculate which is about um, like obviously like a burnout uh, GameStop manager who discovers that she's going to birth the second coming of Christ. But it's like, it's like this romantic comedy about her kind of falling in love with like her guardian angel, who's also her co-parent while like, you know, while she's like about to essentially give birth, but it's also like, you know, it's like a GameStop stoner comedy. And I mean, I think it's awesome. Like, I will say that, like, when I wrote Stag, like, the first draft isn't good. And, like, there isn't anything more than a first draft of Immaculate. But it's a good first draft, which is, like, obviously, like, and then it's like, you know, then it'll get even worse. And then it'll get even better, you know. But it's like, it at least it feels like, okay, already, like, the bones are here and this feels like sort of like a natural next step. But like at the same point, like, you know, also like, Hey, I'm always down to work for hire. Like I would love to, obviously like I would love to do a film next probably that honestly, like maybe I hadn't written the script or something and then do immaculate next. Just cause like sometimes it's a relief to not have both like written and directed it. Cause it's just like, 
you know, you feel a little bit less like personally about it. I feel like at least that's how I felt on everything that I've ever written that I've made is like, it's just, it just like is way more personal in a way. Nice. That sounds, I mean, I'd be down for that. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) I know it's kind of late where you're at. So I think we maybe like kind of wrap this up a little bit. And then also, there's a good chance we might run into you on Saturday night. We might oh, just yeah, be like, because we, like, we have your number. We'll just text you like, yeah, anytime. We'll, bring our, we'll bring our hand recorder and just, well, we'll record ourselves hanging out, but then the next day check in and be like, all right, how much do we edit out? Like we said some <laughs> shit, which didn't at all happen last time we hung out. We were completely above board. Oh, absolutely. Nothing, nothing yeah. to report here, officer. <laughs> we didn't have any opinions at all. Um, so yeah, Alex, I mean, thank cool. you so much for coming in. Yeah, no, um, thank folks, you. Folks, if you having. live in Portland, go see Stag at the Portland National Film Festival. If they don't live here, Alex, is there a place that they can stream your movie online yeah, right now? Or is it because it's it in also, the festival circuit? Oh, sorry. Yeah, we, you can stream it also virtually through Portland. And honestly, because they're doing a deal with Comcast, you can stream it to like significantly after the festival to like uh november 14th so anyone anyone available that has access like please like i want people to see it in person is amazing but out of person is also amazing so give it a look up and all the information is on the portlandfilm.org website nice definitely check that out yeah i, I know the three of us can't recommend it enough i remember when i first when i first read about it i was like this should be fun i was not expecting to enjoy it as much as I did because the movie's fantastic. The cast and crew is great. The writing's great. The direction is wonderful. So thank you. Um, now we're just going to follow you forever now. We're just going to stalk you like creepers. Hey, ditto. <laughs> ditto. <laughs> Maybe next time we have you on this way, the audio will work. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Again, so like, just... You're an indie filmmaker. You know nothing about, you know, weird tech issues and fixing things on the fly. Oh, no. No, no, no. That's never happened to me. Every single set has gone as planned, and every piece of equipment has always 100% worked. By that, I mean it's like 50%. None of it works. <laughs> nice. Well, Alex, we should let you go so you can crash a little bit or get some work there. It's good to see you. Uh, yeah, again, maybe we'll run into you on Saturday. And listeners, if you run into her, say hi. Don't be creepy, but be like, hey, I liked you on Geek in the City Radio. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Hey, great to see you all. Bye. All right. Great to see you too. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. You. Uh, hey, everybody. I can't do this with the headphones. Um, well, it should be fine for you now. You have a crank so high, I can't hear anything other than all the oh. ambient noise in the building. Oh, that might be better now. I kind of got a text that it was just the headphones were high. I could have, I could have turned it, it down. It, the problem, it's fine. Wait, I, we don't need to go behind the curtains. No, it's fine. We got to figure it all out. Sure. I didn't know it was because you were hearing things that was so loud. I was trying to turn it up so we could hear her. Yes. But somehow that also turned up your mic. Because it's your headphones. So yeah. it picked up every, like, I, what I'm hearing is the DMs out on the floor running yeah. games i hear him too yeah but i heard that over her and i can actually hear 
I could hear her better from your headphones. My headphones are shot. This is telling me I need to actually get new headphones. Oh, okay. Mm. So that's also part of what's going on. Okay. Well, maybe we'll take a Sorry, kids. quick break, like a real break. Um, and we'll do like a regroup here. I don't know how to do that, but I'll see what I can find. Um, but yeah, what I wanted to say more than anything, uh, check out Alexandra Spieth on Instagram, check her out on IMDb. Uh, she is a writer, producer, director, and actress. Um, and I, the one thing that if you didn't get from her interview is that she is very fucking funny. Uh, hey, we're back, I think. No, wait. Hey, hey we're, we're back. back. For real. For real. I, think I think I'll know what the comments, comments about, about something to do with the show. Um, yeah. Big thank to Alex. Uh, I'm going to keep saying it. Sorry for the tech issues. <laughs> we'll, yeah, we'll get things sorted out and... I don't, this is not going to be the last time that we have Alex on the show. Um, no. Clearly, with this being her first feature and it be, getting the accolades that it is, this is not going to be the last time that anybody hears from Alex Spieth. So. No. When I actually do like the idea of her doing like some other established IP also. Not that I don't want her to do her own vision. Sure. I also like seeing creators like, here's my take on whatever. Yep. And uh, if people don't get a chance to try to see it as part of their local film festival, it is showing up as uh, 2023 on IMDb. So. Yep. Oh, nice. I'm. I don't remember if Comcast has ever been a sponsor the way they are before. Like, if you have Comcast, you can just stream a lot of these movies. I I don't know. I yeah. I know that they are. The, the Film Fest this year is heavily branded. I'll be honest, I didn't know this Film Fest existed until um, Alex started posting that she was in it. I mean, I knew about Piff, but I Piff, but I didn't realize... what. Same. same. This isn't Piff. Oh, it's listed as Port International Film Festival. She's on that site. I thought Piff was something else. Mm-mm. I know that there are two like official City of Portland ones. There's PIF, Portland National Film Festival, and the ironically named Piss Fest, Portland International Short Subject. I know that <laughs> because the Hollywood screened Piss Fest the same day I got married to Jen in the Hollywood. So it was Aaron and Jen's wedding, Piss Fest. This is not PIF. The Portland International Film Festival is PIF. This is the Portland Film Fest. Oh, well, should they list her movie in PIF, too? I, I'm Maybe sure. they're both carrying it. Probably. <laughs> but this is a different... This is a different fest. So, like... All these places need better fucking marketing. All of them. You know who they could hire for marketing? Yeah. Yeah, I do. He's... You and me. Oh, and no, Merrick. Not me. You and Merrick, yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, All this to say, we we didn't know about the, the Portland, Portland Film Fest uh, yeah. before having met Alex. Yes, Port- everyone laugh about Piss Fest. That's what it's called. It was really fun explaining it to my super conservative family members. 
I it mean, was on the market. They actually took it down before the wedding. We're like, can you take it down, please? Right. I mean, like they had to have known when they when they named it that, and they're just like, hee hee. They did, but they didn't know that there was going to be a wedding in the theater during that event because we booked it. Oh like, no, no, I mean the people who created the oh, film yeah, festival. Oh yeah, no, they they were being horribly Portland. Like hey, it'd be funny, it'll be piss fest. Just like when my dad in Susanville, they formed the Susanville Homebrew Institute of Technology. Or shit. Oh, mm. It's like, okay. Stop. Not even a good, um, what's yeah, the okay. word? The acronym spells acronym. out the, the name. That's not even a great name. Yeah. Are you mm-hmm. miffed about piffed? I don't know. Miffed about piffed. Anyway, they are doing stuff at Lloyd Center, and that's pretty cool. I'm. It's a whole other topic, but I'm excited to see, hopefully, the new evolution of Lloyd Center. Because that's a really cool space that... Yeah, could be well used actually. It, it is already the new home of Floating World Comics. Ooh. I was just there. Yeah. And a record shop. I think the record shop that used to be in Floating World is a separate shop now next to Floating World. Good for them. I think. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what's to the right of Floating World, but on the left of Floating World is a game store. Oh, but not Guardian Games, which we record from live as a proud sponsor. I knew there was a reason I didn't bring it up sooner. <laughs> um, Cable and I are like, really, B? Anyway. Really? Like, we're literally recording in the room in Can the store. Can we cut that, too? Nope. That's going to stay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call this episode, episode 668, Bean Promotes a Different Game Store. <laughs> the wrong game store. <laughs> It'll be fun. That's funnier. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah. yeah. I feel like Portland's going through some growing pains right now. Like another evolution. Like everyone is. It is. Uh, it is definitely going through an evolution. It is. Um, I think that is, that is a heavier topic than I think we want to cover today. Yeah. Because sure. then, but I will say, make sure that you're registered to vote. Please read everything that you're getting about all of the measures that are coming up and all of the candidates. Um, also, if they're not Tina Kotek, don't fucking vote for them. Um, no, unless you're going to vote for the Constitution Party and your other choice was, what's her name, Dragon, Hagen, Fascist, Fashy. Basically, please don't vote for the other two candidates. Don't vote for fucking Betsy Johnson. She's out of her mind. She's Betsy Johnson. Look. I know, I know there, there are some like liberals out there that are like, no, oh, she's an independent. No, she's not. She's Oregon's Trump. Like, straight up. She's like, come out of nowhere. She's, because she's pulling votes away from, she's getting like white women in like a video to vote for her. Yep. That's, that's who she's appealing to. Yep. Oh, I thought they were all voting for Renee Gonzalez. No, so that's local. That, that's local. But he also, by the way, Renee Gonzalez doesn't live doesn't live in Portland. He doesn't live in Portland. No, he, he has, has a business here. here. Look, Joanne Hardesty is not great. She's, she's got some issues. She's still better than Renee Gonzalez, who is the living embodiment of Portland indie. Yep. Gross. In case you were wondering where we stand on things, yeah. For. Yeah. Um, Oh, yes. so vote to change Portland's charter. Definitely look into that. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm tired of the system we have now. Well, the, the new one is like a ranking system, right? And it creates 
neighborhoods councils that all report to the new city council. Mm. If, if it helps, um, I had to sit and listen to a bunch of cops argue about the fact how what a bad idea this was while I was sitting in the dark. Yeah, cops think it's a horrible idea because it takes their power away from the mayor. The power they hold over the mayor. I want every i want a cop's opinion on everything that i'm supposed to vote on so that i can do not yeah, every, every group who is opposed to that measure is some form of law enforcement or hyper conservative group because they know if we go to a regular system of city government they, they will lose control over the council of which they have complete control right now mm-hmm. um that's why up until Joanne Hardesty, there has never been a person on the Portland City Council or mayor that has lived east of what it is now is our Chavez Boulevard. Ever in the entire city's history. That's gross and I don't like it. Yeah. So 80% of the city's population has never been properly represented until Joanne. And by the numbers, not to be defeatist, Renee's probably going to be him. Peter. Let's not go down that road. Anyway, right. hey. Vote, friends. You were totally going to talk about Crook Street. No, I, don't. I was thinking, I didn't get a chance to say it because I didn't want to interrupt, um, but um, Alex's concept about the, the, the stoners at the GameStop. Absolutely a Crook's style story. Oh, yeah. Very uh, yeah, very much so. Even so, though they weren't stoners in the first movie. In first? Yeah. I mean, they're the only ones who still smoke weed in those movies. Mm-hmm. In all these universes, it's always still this day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, uh, Jen and I saw Clerks 3, which, by the way, up until Friday, the only place it's playing is the Academy Theater in Montevilla. That's so weird. Yeah. Well, no, because he's been doing the tour. But, but like, actual ticket is the Academy Theater. So, like the trailer mentions, um, the whole point of Clerks 3 is that they're still in the Quick Stop because they, they own it. After Clerks 2. And Randall has a heart attack. And when he wakes up, he's like, what the fuck have I done with my life? Like, I've hung out with you. That's great. But all we've done is talk about the same Star Wars movies. It's basically Kevin Smith making a comment on himself after his heart attack when he's like, the fuck fuck have I done done in my life? life? All I've done is tell dick and fart jokes, comment on Star Wars and pop culture, but I haven't done anything meaningful. That's the question that like Kevin Smith is asking through Randall. But as the movie progresses and they run through the trials and issues of making a movie, basically they're making clerks. It's just called Inconvenient now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a cool uh, name, isn't yeah. it? For people well, listening live, I just wanted to point out that you're not spoiling anything no right spoilers. now. All of this is in the trailer. This is all the trailer. There's actually a, there's some big shit that is revealed in the movie that I had no idea about. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to touch on that at all. Um, it's like big things that I was not fucking ready for, like emotionally either. Um, but Randall is, I mean, when Kevin Smith wrote Clerks, he envisioned Randall as himself, and he realized I can't act, so I'll be the silent Bob character. <laughs> like, that's 
that's how we got the actor who plays Randall. Uh, and, but Randall was very much Kevin Smith in this movie of like, I almost died. Everything I've done before, like apart for Kevin Smith, I can't speak for him, but he's probably like, apart from my, my marriage and my daughter, what the fuck have I done with my life? I tell dick and fart jokes. I do this dorky shit. Does it mean anything? And Randall's exploring that in Clerks 3 of like, all I've done is hung out. <laughs> it's weird. All I've done is I've hung out with my best friend in the store that we bought, doing what I love, which is making fun of the customers, talking about bullshit, sharing the space with these two stoners that now, instead of a video store, now it's a weed store. And, like, that's it. Like, that's all I do. And my life is bullshit. But through Clerks 3, he realizes, no, I got to do what most people don't get to do. I got to hang out with my best friend for my entire life. Every day I got to see this person I love, my best friend. And the movie kind of starts with like the movies about Randall. Inconvenience is about Randall. But as we knew through Clerks, Clerks is the story of Dante. Mm -hmm. And there's a clash when they're making Inconvenience where Dante is like, I'm producing your fucking movie. I'm in your fucking movie. And it's your movie, it's Randall's story, but when it gets played back, we as the audience know, like, no, Clerks, and by definition, inconvenience, is what Randall observed, what Kevin Smith observed, which means it's Dante's movie. And that kind of repairs a riff that we have. And Clerks to me very much feels like Kevin Smith saying, I'm good with what I did before. I, I lived a good life. What I did before is worthy. I'm not ready to check out. But I'm also not going to look back and say, like, did my shit matter? Because it did. And he's through Clerks 3, you see through Randall, Kevin Smith realizing my shit's not for everyone. I get that. I don't really care. The people who are into what I have to say are really what I have to, into what I have to say because they get they get this life. They get it. They get growing up this kind of like, and he said before, he's like, you know, I was in the comics and whatever as a kid and I got picked on. He's like, and I'm not at all saying that my, my trials were equal to what a person of color had gone through. He's like, they're not. He's like, I'm a middle-class white dude from New Jersey. He's like, in terms of that, my life was fine. He's like, but it was still this little thing. He got picked on for liking comics. And he's like, instead of being like, I know pain. I got picked on being comics. His story is like, yeah, we got made fun of, but like, at the end of the day, like, no one was beating our ass because we were into comics or whatever. Cops didn't pull us over because they knew like that person reads fucking Watchmen. Pull them over. He's like, we didn't have that issue. We just have to hang out. And Clerksley is very much a story of all those stories matter. Your story matters. So no matter how trivial you think it is, tell, tell your story. story. Tell it. Get your friends together. Get a fucking camera. Get a few hundred bucks, a few thousand bucks, and go tell your story. Um, yeah, it's, it's really good. It's not going to convert anyone. You're either a Kevin Smith fan or you're not. Right. If you're not a Kevin Smith fan, don't fucking watch this. Maybe if you're just a Clerks fan and you've got a Clerks 2 passable... 
you're probably not going to like Clerks 3 because it's very much a continuation of those characters. Um, yeah, I'm not giving spoilers yet. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, this is for Kevin Smith fans, but not as much as like Jane and Silent Bob reboot were. That was one inside joke after another. Mm. This one's not. Um, if you only know Kevin Smith through like Clerks, maybe Mallrats, that's kind of all you need in this one. You don't need the rest. Mm-hmm. Um, it's charming. It's probably his most. It's probably his most emotional, emotionally honest film since Chasing Amy, where it's just him. There aren't really the dick and fart jokes. Like it's just not there. Like there's a stoner humor, but this feels like one day Kevin Smith, he must have a heart attack. Went like, I gotta tell this one final story. And he, he banged out. So, yeah. Well, I think Clerks has always been like his most, the most of himself of the, of the movies that he's made. Yeah. Other stuff has been funny or interesting or like, you know, just a good story. But, but the Clerks franchise is essentially Kevin Smith, like whatever, whatever it is. Sorry, I get to like. It is what it is. It's his life. It's his feelings, emotions, the the things that he grapples with internally. Yeah. You know, getting, getting out, out on the screen. Yeah. Like other the other stuff is is not that no. to the same degree. No, other stuff he just has fun with. But Clerks is him. Mm-hmm. Um, I got really emotional when I watched it with Jen a few nights ago. Um, because of things that happened that are spoilers. Uh, Norm said it's the most heartfelt Kevin Smith film, but is sloppy, most sloppy. I disagree with that. It is one of his more heart heartfelt films. Jane and Silent Bob reboot was sloppy because a lot of that was shot like with people not around him. People sent in videos and stuff. Oh. The things that might make people think Clerks Three is sloppy is that by default, by him going back to Jersey and filming this, he brought in a lot of the people in Clerks that were still alive. So, like, you meet the actor who, you meet Rick Darris again. Like, all, you meet Veronica, like, all the people that were in Clerks, apart from Caitlin Bree, the actress who passed away, like, they're all in it. And they're not, they're not actors. They're not actors. <laughs> and that does kind of show, but then he juxtaposes it with clips from the original Clerks, and you realize, like, well, they weren't actors then, either. And we forgave the movie then. Because it was a dirty little homemade, yeah. no budget, local kid movie. Yeah, and you have to realize that when it's when it's Clark's three, the acting is solid. You know, you have Brian O'Haller and Jeff Anderson, Muse and Smith. They're kind of doing their thing, the guy who plays Elias. And it's two person camera talk back and forth, back and forth, but it's solid. But when it cuts to the scene where Randall is filming inconvenience. It is silly. Because on a meta way, so was Clerks with people who weren't professional actors. Mm-hmm. Randall is has cast people who are not professional actors. <laughs> um, and it has great cameos in it, you know, like Affleck has a cameo as auditioning for Dante. You know, so like and I also love the fact that Affleck and Smith have kind of made amends again for whatever division they had at one time. That just that just makes me happy in a stupid way, you know. 
Justin Long has a great little bit in it. I you did know, all his buddies are in it. Yeah. Then you can now it's not just the people he knows from his town, but also all, a bunch of the people he has worked with over the last twenty-five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and also a quick little sidebar. Denise, I told her this in a text, she probably forgot. Oh boy. But in a couple years will be the tenth anniversary of Tusk. And Kevin Smith has said we are going to film Tusk too. So that will come down the 10th anniversary. That will also happen to coincide with Bean's 10th anniversary on this show. The first movie she reviewed was Tusk. That is correct. So I'm going to try to get her to be like an on-set visit for Tusk 2. <laughs> to show up and be like, Tusk 2 was my podcast beginning. A show of movie about podcasters. I'm back. So I'm just going to pull that off. I'm going to be pretty funny. Okay. Oh my god, how long has Smodcast been going? Uh, we have Smodcast beat by a year. <laughs> anyway, um, there it is. My thoughts on Quirks 3. It's not going to convert a new person. Um, but yeah, the movie has a lot of heart for still being Randall and Randall and Dante mm-hmm. and James out of the um, Sometimes it is weird to watch completely sober Jason Muse act out the super druggy. Although I guess Jay now is is sober in the movies. He goes sober in parts too. Oh, good. Never mind. But it's still Jay being hyped up on caffeine. Mm-hmm. You know. So. Also, you can tell Kevin Smith has spent like the last decade in LA because the scenes in color, dude's got a fucking tan. <laughs> like he is, he does not look like someone who has lived in Jersey his entire life anymore. No <laughs> kidding. So. I'm sure, doesn't he go like jogging on the mountains? He does day? like he does like 5K on Mount, yeah, in his backyard, the Runyon Canyon. Like every day he does it. Goes the uncle's died, right? As he says, I went vegan not because I wanted to, but because I almost died. <laughs> he kind of hates it. Yep. So yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, there it is. Or apologize. I, I know. That has become my default lately as a correct thing, and I'm gonna have to stop doing that. Yes. Yep. Before I turn the show into a total therapy session. I mean you're allowed some of that. We have had those weeks too. I am I feel as though that is we have one of those coming up. Yeah, I feel like we do too. I feel like it I feel like there's one due in like November. Yeah, probably. I'm not planning on this. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just like, I'm fine, jackasses. I'm like, look, I love you guys, but don't, don't like, like tell me ahead of time that they're going to be emotions. I don't know how to handle that. Yeah, that's part of what happens when and why we start into therapies. Walking to the ocean now. Okay. Okay. That's where they keep the monsters. <laughs> it's true. The deep ones. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So, hey. What do you guys got? No any jokes? <laughs> I pulled that like... shit from Airplane, airplane when they had to hunt the director complicated. They got halfway through and they're like, that's all we know about the movie. You got any jokes? I, I we think... don't know about that. We've, we've, uh, we've done a lot that we still have not covered on the show. Like, we didn't do a full-on complete 
rundown of what went on at uh, H.P. Lovecraft Film Fest this year. Mm -hmm. uh, and good golly, uh, I, I did go through and watch. I think the only movie I didn't get to watch was uh, Whistle and I'll Come, which was a uh, hour-long um, short mm -hmm. or an hour-long feature. Right. There, there were at least three of those movies that were not a full-length feature, but too long to be a short. And so they were usually paired with like two or three other shorts. Um, and that one I just couldn't digest because it was all subtitles. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, I'm, I can't. It's like, like I don't have one hour that I can just stop mm -hmm. doing everything and right. watch it. Um, but I did make it through the other shorts, and holy hell, like this year's fest may have been the best quality films that the H.P. Lovecraft Film Fest has ever had. Wow. Yeah, I wish I'd have, I wish I'd have gone more this year. You, you went as much as you could. I know. And I think that's impressive. Um, I do miss going to the show like the weekend. Kind of thing. I spent six hours in the car in order to catch as much of it as possible, so I don't have any guilt. Yeah, I I will I say this. No, I. That's not how I meant it. I was there all three days, and I still had to, um, pitch in for the streaming mm -hmm. so that I could watch them the day and a half after the fest because there was too much programming. Three screens to try to catch all of it. Mm -hmm. There's Getting no way. Getting three screens back really changes the festival again. It does. Yeah. And it, it makes you focus on what you want to watch. And normally I am all about, it's like, I can skip all of the features. I've seen them all before. But yeah, it's the fact that they went, yeah, yes, we know you've seen Reanimator, but but Jeffrey Combs is here. Have it's you like, seen well, it with Jeffrey Combs? Fuck. And also the extra long version. And the extended And cut. Bride of Reanimator. Which yep. I don't know if I've seen what's included. No, I'm asking you to nitpick it. But what's in the extra long like director's cut? Okay, so this is the story that Combs gave us. And that the, the original movie, mm -hmm. when it came out in the theaters, was unrated. Right. Which made it hard to put it on shelves later. So I know that Sam Raimi ran into the same thing with Evil Dead 2 because they came out similarly. Yeah. They both, like he and Gordon talk about the same issues. Yeah. So it came out and was unrated and people talked about the movie and it had a lot of buzz and it was a very specific thing. When it went to home video, the distributor took it upon themselves to re-edit the movie into an R-rated movie. Uh, unbeknownst to the studio director or actors. So the reanimator rated R that went to the theaters had more backstory about um, the other doctor, Dan and Megan. Okay. And their love story. And less of the gore. Right, which Stuart Gordon clearly didn't give a crap about, but I can see a studio being like, no, we need a love story. Yeah. Well, like, Combs talked about the fact that on paper, that movie was about Dan and, and Megan. Oh. And was supposed to have been. And then when they went to edit the movie, that's when they went, oh, this movie's about Herbert West. 
This movie is 100% about Herbert West. From Miskatonic at Arkham. Yep, at Arkham. Arkham. Um, I just got muted. Oh, they, oh, they can, can still hear me. How? How, How do they, they hear me? Because it's, it's going through there. Oh, it's, it's going through there. there. Yeah. I don't. I, I unmuted so we don't get an echo. Sure. I'm sorry. sorry. I don't understand how technology works anymore, apparently. Sorry. I'm, I am becoming... We're just all like really like sensitive to whether or not the yeah, audio is working right now. All my fault. No, it's not, it's your, not fault. your fault. <laughs> I don't like... It is just as much my fault that I don't know how that works. Oh, I can show you guys sometimes. Not right now, but... No. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, back to the story. So... Jeffrey Crooms. Brilliant. Hmm? Jeffrey Crooms. Brilliant. Jeffrey Crooms. Brilliant. So... Unrated theatrical release, yeah. R-rated um, video release, which they got up in arms about, and eventually an unrated cut got put out. Unbeknownst to everyone here in the states, in Germany, where this got released, they want ah, you know what would be good? <laughs> what if we we took the original unrated cut and this R-rated cut? I don't know why I'm doing this bit now. It's I said German. Um, You're punching up. It's okay. And we we we've merged the two for the extended cut, and that's what it is. Is all of the stuff that they had left on the cutting room floor for the unrated cut mm-hmm. got put back in the movie that mirrored some of the stuff in the R-rated cut. Um, one of those things is the reveal that Herbert West doesn't sleep. And he doesn't sleep because he shoots himself up with his own reagent. (laughs) And like someone in the audience is like, yeah, that was really neat. And comes like, I'm I'm glad you like that. I hate that part. Oh, he, he does not like the extended cut. He, he, he's not a fan of it. He's like everything that got put back in. It just makes the movie longer. It doesn't make it more interesting. It doesn't make it what it was. Oh, okay. I and could... it's because it's just adds the love story back in. It adds this weird subplot about um, Hill. Yeah, Doctor Hill is also a master hypnotist, so he's like very. That's weird. Yeah, like yeah, all of his scenes with people, he's just talking to them in a very hypnotic voice and looking at them. And and then they shoot him. You can tell that that's B roll, uh, where like the background is different and it's all kind of hazy because he's hazy too. But like the idea is that like you're kind of like you're being mentally too. honed yeah. in on him and and his his creepy hypno voice. Yeah, it's like he has magical mind control powers. Like he manages to hypnotize. Um, the the scene where he confronts West in the in West's basement lab, mm-hmm. yeah, he hypnotizes West into giving him all the stuff. Like he gives him the reagent, he gives him his notes, and he tells it's like you're going to be my assistant, and I'm going to be famous off of your work, and it's going to be great, and maybe one day I'll let you lick my boots. And he, <gasps> like he cries, oh. it's like all of that. It's like. Nope, that is not in the original cut. I didn't read that scene That's as so him weird. doing his mind control. I read it as a blackmail. Like, I've got this over on you, and there's nothing you can do about it, so I am now taking all of your work oh, and no, he credited as myself. 100% was doing the mind control thing. Like, he successfully sense, mind controlled Dean Halsey. He tried it on <laughs> Megan multiple times, like, pretty much every time he wanted to sleep with her. 
Right. Um, that that was much more pronounced. I was going to say, that sounds extra creepier. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, and it comes down to it's like, I don't need any of that to know that Dr. Hill He's is the creep. actual villain of Reanimator. Yeah. Like, he is Herbert a... Herbert West is bonkers, but he's not the villain. He's not the villain. Um, he is an agent of chaos. Right. Like, Dan and Megan are the protagonists. West is West, and Dr. Hill is the antagonist. Yeah, like, Dr. He, Hill's the villain. Yeah, he 100% is, and continues to be in Bride. Um, mm-hmm. But... Did they just roll right into it in the festival from the glowing... Dun, 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 right into Bride? Or they did not, because he did Q&As after oh, both. okay. He did Q&As. Because they sync up pretty well. Yeah, he did a Q&A. Well, was supposed to. Right. Because the, the original script was they were going to bring back Megan, and it was a different script. And, yeah. And then Barbara wasn't able to come back, so. And then is it the third or the fourth one where it, it's in the White House. And the third one, I think Herbert West is in jail. That... Yes. I think the fourth reanimator. There is no fourth there's one. No, no, it's the third one. Then he's in jail. Yes. And then something with the. And the, It's and weird. It, it's with the white. Yeah, he had weird things. He's like, it was, it it was, was what it was. Yeah. He's like, it's what happens when you have this thing that people loved, but got mired into all kinds of rights issues so that. It was a five-year gap between Reanimator and Bride of Reanimator, mm-hmm. and a ten-year gap between Bride of Reanimator and the third Reanimator. Yeah, it's funny. This this afternoon, I was listening to the soundtrack again, mm-hmm. and I was finally reading like the the liner notes. We talked about how like the theme to Reanimator is a blatant ripoff of Psycho. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was intentional, not meant as a ripoff. The composer was like, he wrote he wrote this like line that he asked Stuart Gordon to put in the score of like, you know, with respect and apologies to Bernard Herman, I'm trying to show that this is a lighthearted, and I'm playing homage to all these love these Hitchcockian films that I mm. adored, uh, with you know, with all respect and apologies. The reason why that guy got a lot of shit is that Stuart Gordon forgot to put that in. Oops. So to where like the composer was getting letters from the Bernard Herman estate being like, if our father was alive, he would be suing you. And he's like, I I said it, like I got permission and everything was fine. And years later, Stuart Gordon's like, uh, and it's in the Mondo release. He's like, yeah, I forgot to include all that. This poor guy has been put up. And then he ends it with like, but you know what? Fuck Bernard. You can't take a joke. <laughs> Because it's Stuart Gordon, you know, <coughs> who is too old to really care anymore. He's too dead to care anymore. Stuart Gordon died? Yeah. Don't look at me. Wait. I wonder I haven't seen anything from him in a while. Yeah, Stuart Gordon died a couple of years ago. Oh, shit. I think he died pre-COVID. Oh, he did. No. He died. Early COVID. Early COVID, 2020. Well, now I feel like a jacket. No, I don't. I, I mean, think the last movie I saw of his that I really loved was Dagon. And I saw the premiere at the Lovecraft Film Festival. Yeah. All of this to say that Gwen and Brian um, produce and curate the two best film fests in this city. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is 
the they really do. Yeah, and the Lovecraft Film Fest especially is one hundred percent community funded. Yeah, because and... all of that, like everything that went on that weekend, had already been paid for by the Kickstarter. Yeah, like because the Kickstarter was for X amount and they made this amount because mm-hmm. the the people on the Kickstarter is like, yeah, we don't care. We want people to come see these movies too. Yeah. Which is why they can go, oh, it's a $70 ticket to get in for to a all festival three days. for the weekend and I get all this cool swag too. Yeah. It, it it's insane. I do I wonder if crowdsourcing I want sometimes wonder if crowdfunding had been a thing when Andrew Migliori was running it. No, I mean, eventually you got to pass the torch. But I know when Andrew ran it, he was fronting a lot of money up front. Yep. And then had to be like, oh, I hope ticket sales are good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and yeah, Gwen and Brian found the good hook for it. So, um, and but, they, he's forever there. He's like, oh, he's he's organizer emeritus kind of thing. He, yeah, founder. founder and of he's, the the, he's the Stan Lee of the Lovecraft Film Festival. He really is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everybody knows him, everybody loves him. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the community that I talk about that is footing the bill for all this, like he's the one that helped found that. Like, right. yeah, the like, I, it really is. If if you've never, like, I, I know horror is not everybody's thing, mm-hmm. but man, it is an incredibly well crafted and well curated film fest. Yeah, it very much is, and we felt the same way about the Portland horror film fest that we got to go to this summer where we met Alex and Mm -hmm. that, Oh man, like it's the, they're the two best film fests in the city. Yeah. The Portland horror film fest is fun because like all genres are represented. Mm -hmm. Like there's wacky horror, which there are so many like sub genres that have their place within air quotes, horror, Mm -hmm. you know, and the Portland horror film fest has that. And then the Lovecraft Film Festival slash Cthulhu Con is like a niche within a niche. Mm-hmm. Like Lovecraft is a subset of horror or its own genre really within horror. But then within Lovecraft, you can do goof because as horrific as Lovecraft can be, it's also so easy to make fun of. Oh, yeah. It's so <laughs> wacky. It's so goofy. You know, um, yeah, and it's just found its place, which is really good. So that's why they have the shorts of madness at the end. Right. Yeah. I I will say that they knowing this now, I'm gonna skip it next year. Um but oh, we stuck around. Yeah, we stuck around for <coughs> the secret screening. Which was <laughs> Or cannot be said. Is it still secret? As near as I can tell, what we stumbled onto by sticking around, like we watched Night of the Comet with uh, Kelly Maroney. Right. Also, mm-hmm. Kelly Maroney's great. Nice. Um, she would be an interesting guest to talk to, if nothing else, to go. So yeah, Night of the Comet, Chopping Mall, horror. You're you're into this, Scream Queen, great. You and your husband are members of the Magic Castle. <laughs> The magic castle, castle, which means they are magicians. Illusionists. Yes. But yeah, I know. I've been to the magic castle. It's actually kind of cool. Yeah. Um, But after that, it was like, 
the final shorts block and it was fun goofy shorts mm-hmm. and then the secret screening what this is apparently is the Lovecraft Film Fest version of the room where it is an incredibly horrible short very poorly made film with audience participation because everyone else in the audience all reacted to stuff like oh y'all seen this y'all know what's coming yes yeah 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 based on the amount of noise that was happening in the audience from from scene one uh, you know many of the people there that night had already seen it probably a couple of times yeah denise and i just sat there looking at each other like what what's the fuck happening? is going on why is this so bad? Why is everyone laughing? Oh. And they have bits. Yep. Oh. For a minute, I was like, was it the first short, short I ever submitted? Like, no, because it didn't get picked. <laughs> oh, it was bad. Um, I tried to do an adaptation of Picture in the House, and it was god-awful. I have worked with you long enough that you could never have made a movie this bad. Uh, you say that. You need to see this movie, and, oh, then okay. can, and then think about you know how badly you want to attack. I, I am I am not kidding when I compare it to this is what for what the room is to people who love that, mm-hmm. and I'm never watching that movie either because it's bad. I have know. no desire to watch the room. Right. But, I have seen it, and I will tell you that the room at least has some merits compared to this. I other did movie. not hit her. Uh, production value at a minimum. The room at least can say that for itself. Uh, Someone owned lighting for the room? Yes. Yes. This was. Well, something that wasn't a. I, I don't know how. 10 year outdated VCR or uh, video cassette recorder uh, camera. Uh, Who I'd shoot a movie in an old VHS if I could. Like. But knowing I'm shooting a VHS movie, though. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there should have been a lot more stuff left on the cutting room floor. I'm talking like. Of being really good at things on the first try, and then things were easy. So I thought that's how all things are. And every time something doesn't go right the first time I try it, I walk off and walk away from it. Mm. And I don't Uh, learn that lesson of like, oh, I'm supposed to fuck up. You were a gifted kid then. As the late great yeah. philosopher Jake the Dog once said, <laughs> sucking at something is the first step towards being sort of good at something. Yep. So all this to say that, yes, I respect the filmmakers for turning that in. And that was a perfect lesson for them to go, wow, that's 20 minutes of what we should have never done with film. Because, <laughs> man, it's best. see it. Also, it was painfully long. It It just would not end. It was an adaptation of The Witch House. Witch House? Fuck. Oh, my God. That must be Oh, my God. You did the bit. You did the bit. That's all Andrew did. He stood on stage, and every time they go, The Witch House. Witch House? That house. Every fucking time. I feel like it's a perfect spot to end this episode. (laughs) On which house? Yeah, probably. That house. That, that house. house. That, that wolf. The room is true hubris captured on film. Yeah, I'll, I'll believe that. Yeah, I'll believe that. It's also deeply problematic at times, especially I'm, the I'm, love scene. I'm not. I'm not watching it. I'm. Yeah. Don't you needn't. You needn't bother. No, it'll anger you that it's made that much money. Yeah, I. I don't. 
I'm I know enough about it that like I can get the reference where I can watch outtakes of Melissa Benoist in a Supergirl costume on a green screen on a roof doing the whole I didn't hit her. I never hit her. I did not oh, hit hi, Mark. I did. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. There's wow. an outtake of her doing that. And I'm oh, like, wow. like, she's doing the room. I don't know why I know that, but that's fucking funny. By the way, she's in, she's in Flex, please. Most of the noises. The audition scene has everyone. Of course she fit. is. Yeah. Oh, because he did an episode. He did a couple episodes. Couple yeah. of them. Same with... Um, well, Monel, who's married to Melissa Bonoist, is also the voice of Adam and He Man. Yeah, pretty much anyone Kevin Smith has worked with Ever. is in the is in the yeah. is in the audition montage. Oh, good. Yeah, you kind of yeah. can tell that from the trailer. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, wow, he's just calling in all his chits. Yeah, it's good for him. Yeah. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in. Sorry for the kind of rough opening. We will uh, we will get it figured out. Yeah, next uh, week. Next week, yes, I we're gonna have a whole new system that'll hopefully work better. No, I was actually gonna go next week. Oh, I'm. We have returning. <laughs> I was guests. in apologetic mode still. That's fine. Uh, I I keep trying to interrupt your your apologetic modes. Thank uh, you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep trying because I, you, I almost said sorry. Yeah, I know you did. <laughs> <I> went, <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Um, next week we have Taylor Stark from mm-hmm. Witch Hunt Theater returning. Um, to talk to us about how she tortured us in the woods. <laughs> nice, nice little postmortem, and maybe what they have planned uh, for later this year. What, yeah, yes. what they may have planned. I do know that they are revisiting Corpse, the play that introduced us to Witch Hunt Theater for oh, Halloween. Yeah, the, I don't know the where. Yeah, uh, nice. One. Yeah, Corpse, 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 yep. Corpse. Yep. Witch uh, House. That house. <laughs> And then as soon as we wrap up here, Cable's going to introduce me to the person who has the haunted house. But we're not going to yes. do that on the air. No, we're not going to do that on the air, but I am going to introduce both of you to oh. my co-worker. That's just a tease for you guys. Yeah. It's a kind of tease, not a That's guarantee. That's what this means. I didn't say I'm not de- By the way, I'm also not deliberately trying to have mood lighting. By my, I have a light that is like behind my mic, but it I keep sitting lighting. like this. It is. It's like Shh. villain face. <laughs> all right. Uh, with all that, I'm Aaron Duran. I'm Bean Rita. And I'm Cable Hashitami. We will talk to everybody next week. Stay spooky. Which house? That house!